1: Hello and welcome to Half Hour, an entertainment podcast through Two Worlds Entertainment. I'm Richie. And I'm Jeff. Here to bring you the casual conversations on the shows, films, concerts, and music that we see, listen to, and observe throughout our careers. Mm -hmm. Today's conversation may feature some spoilers on the entertainment we're talking about, so you have been warned as we always like to say. (laughs) Today, we're going to start with pop. As you know, these last few um, new weeks of the new year, we've been putting pop and theater together. So every week, you're getting a new episode with new pop and uh, theater news and updates on the latest and greatest. Today, we're going to dive right into some pop. We have a new album to discuss that Jeff's going to tell us about, about a pretty big name. Mm -hmm. Tell us all about it, Mr.
0: Jeff. So today, Miss Shania Twain is back with her sixth studio album, Queen of Me. So this was released today. It was a pretty fun listen for me. Mm -hmm. As always, I like to listen to my albums now on my morning dog walk. So this was a fun little bubbly album. And it was interesting. While listening, I was like, You know, some of this kind of sounds a little too manufactured, and other times I'm like, oh, this is a fun little bop. It has a lot of country influences. I think that she's kind of maybe moved a little bit away from the total countryness, but it is that country pop feel that Chennai has always brought. So it was, you know, it was a fun listen.
1: Yeah, it was fun. I thought her vocals were... I think her vocals are pretty good. I don't. I thought it sounded clearer, and I don't really understand what's going on. I think we saw her farewell tour, but that was a long time ago. That we was did, something, yeah. Yeah, we did see her, but I, I didn't remember if that was her farewell one or not. And now it's like she's back, and I think there's more of a commentary on just the industry itself and what the whole. I kind of talk about this every few weeks in the podcast. Like, there's no rules anymore, mm-hmm. so it's like, can you say I'm leaving and then you go disappear and then you come back and the dramatics of it is, I think, what I'm talking about. I think people have always come and gone from the industry, but to say I'm leaving and it's, it does seem marketing gimmicky a little bit. And
0: yeah, I, I do think it has a marketing appeal, especially for some of these older pop stars in the industry. You know, when it's like Madonna's tour and Cher's tour and Elton John's tour and Billy Joel. And it's like, this is the last time you're going to get to see them. And yeah. then it's not. Yeah. It's like, a, it, it's kind of like, oh, I wanted to be at the the last tour, but then, wait, I need to go to the tour again, the next tour, because maybe that's their last tour. Right. It's a little interesting. Yeah. You know, I also find, like, Shania is having a really interesting moment right now because... a lot of the millennial pop makers right now are really being vocal about how Shania was such an influence in their life. Mm. Like people from Post Malone to Taylor Swift, Rina Soyama, Justin Bieber, like all of these people have said what impact Shania had on them and becoming pop stars. Yeah. And I find that so interesting because like we grew up with Shania Twain. Yeah. And like, I, I feel like if you were growing up in the nineties And you were in the car.
1: It was either Celine Dion or Shania (laughs) Twain. That's what it was. It literally was. Yeah.
0: And to see it now coming full circle, like even when Rina Sawayama featured the "Like Let's Go Girls" in the beginning of um, this hell, I was like, "Oh, there's that that moment." And what I'm finding interesting, like on in like the TikTok world right now, is like the Gen Z kids are loving Shania Twain
1: right there is that resurgence a little bit of her
0: and is she now making music for them i don't know well she's using like the producers and hit makers yeah. that um are making music for like halsey and pitbull and you can hear it really in her yeah. music so you know it's interesting you uh, it's come on over that album was such a staple yeah, yeah and
1: it was very successful for her right I think it was. A wild it's like movie.
0: one of the most successful albums of all Ever. time. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. She was. Wild. I mean, because everyone bought that CD in yeah. the late '90s and played it in their cars and stuff.
0: Yeah, but it's good to see her back and just being like, I'm owning my career again after like divorcing her husband, who was such a major part of her career. Yeah, sure, sure. And now just owning it and being herself after like also going through Ly- having Lyme's disease yes. and having vocal, I think, reconstruction um, oh, surgery. Oh, okay. okay. So yeah. because that really affected her vocals. Yeah. But anyway, also. That's Shania Yeah, so there
1: you. we go, Shania. Yeah, I, I will listen to it maybe more a little bit. I, I'm not, like, obsessed with it, but I'm not hating it. I'm kind of like, okay, cool, good for you, you know? So, yeah, cool. you
0: know. also, Ray also released her album today, and there are two standout tracks that a lot of people are talking about. Well, one is Ice Cream Man that most uh, people are talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's fine. And that's
0: I, 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 this was an anticipated album, so and I kind of skimmed through it a little bit here, and I came across this one track, Worth It, and I'm obsessed. Yes,
1: I love I'm it. I'm obsessed.
0: It's going to be part of the pop music drop today. We'll get to that yep, a little we'll later yeah yep, yep. check out Ray's album as well.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but also in other pop news here, uh, the Grammys are on Sunday. So yes. this is a big deal. And I thought we would do a little bit of uh, our predictions for some of the big categories, um, which are album of the year, song of the year, record of the year. And for fun, we'll do Best Musical Theater Album, because that's what we do, and we'll do Best Pop Album. Okay. So, and what Richie and I are going to do today are decide, like, what we think is going to win from the categories, and what we think should win. And also, uh, we're not going to list every single album in this podcast, because it's going to take too (laughs) long. Um, So go check out what we're pulling from online, and then you'll see. But, let's start with album of the year.
1: Album. Okay, so what should win, what will win? Maybe they're the same thing. You go first.
0: Okay. So, what I think is going to win is Harry Styles' Harry's House. Really? Okay. Yes, I think it's set up to just have that Grammy winning um impact. It was a It's huge. a great album. Yeah. Yeah, but this year too is also just a groundbreaking like sales album. It's just it was across the board. Everywhere there. I think also, looking at the list, I do think it should win. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: I was going to go a completely different direction. I think Renaissance by Beyonce will win. Okay. And I think Special by Lizzo should win. They're both great albums to me, and I think they both were really, really successful, and I think one of those two should win that. But I well, really I could see Beyonce actually winning
0: I don't think Lizzo's going to win. But, yeah. And uh, as, as much as it was a great album, I do think her debut is better. Um, but I yeah. think what's interesting with Beyonce is like she's had this moment many times yeah, in like, the Grammys – uh, passed, and she didn't win, and as much as I love Renaissance, I don't know if the Grammy Committee is going to really go for this more dance-heavy album. Dance really has a hard time winning in the Grammys. Yes,
1: but maybe from a lyric writing perspective, or a story flow perspective, but just as an overall album, the concept and the energy of it, I think, could totally win. I don't know enough about the Grammy Committee and who they are and what they're looking for in their... They
0: always pick... I mean, look at last year, it's like... uh, Always, the sometimes you never know what's going to win. Yeah. I I would love for Renaissance yeah. to win, and she is a
1: Grammy winner, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. So
0: she's yeah. just never really won in the big categories. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that she wins usually like in her niche category, like yeah. she's up for dance recordings this year. She's Actually probably going to win. Sure. Right. So that's you know.
1: Yep. So song of the year is really about the writers winning, right? In the internet category. Okay. So who do you think should win?
0: Who do you think will win? Oh, well, here we go. I think that As It Was is mm, going to win. Wow,
1: you're going that way again. Okay.
0: I Sometimes artists clean up at the award shows. I don't know. I just have a feeling yeah, it's going to be Harry's up. year. Yep. Um, I love Break My Soul. I love About Damn Time. But the song that I think should win is Taylor Swift's All Too Well, 10-minute version.
1: Well, when you release a 10-minute <laughs> song compared to other songs that are two or three or four minutes – Sure. I mean, you have double, triple the amount of material there for people that so in a way she kinda has a leg up. Right. On on from a lyric perspective, and you have to write a lot more.
0: And know? this is, um, from the writer's perspective. I mean, the song is very well written. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. she has a good shot. I it's-
1: would I was gonna agree with all too well. I was also gonna say about damn time as a potential. And I'm gonna say something. I'm not obsessed with Adele's thirty album, but I think Easy On Me is a great song. I, I um I have the sheet music to it and I play it on the piano sometimes and I look at the chord structures if I'm looking at it from a musical perspective and I look at just the flow of the song and the vocal melody line and they say, Oh, this is a well written song, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's a nice song. I don't know if it'll win, I just had to kind of say that. But I, I thought I think it could win.
0: Mm, yeah. Um, I, I don't think Adele's really gonna get much yeah, this year. Yeah. She's always had such great years at the Grammys, but this 30 album just didn't really didn't, do it. I
1: know. It. And so record of the year really goes down to the singer and the performance yes, the of the performance. On, right. Okay. So, what are your thoughts on record of the year?
0: Mm, this is also hard because uh, I, I'm gonna put Harry in there again as probably might take it. Um, mm. I do think "Break My Soul" should take it, or "About Damn Time" should take it.
1: Oh, yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. "About My Soul," um, "Break My Soul," "About Damn Time." For sure, um, I think Easy on Me is in there too. I think her vocals are so strong there. I, I don't mm-hmm. know. She's not
0: going to take that. I know. I just am well, just it's saying. What I think it's going to come down to Beyonce, know. Harry, or Lizzo taking that yeah. one. And I really do think Lizzo or Beyonce should take it. Uh, and but, good for,
1: I'm going to just say, good for ABBA and Brandi Carlisle for making their way in here. Like, we haven't seen those names in a while. I don't know if they're going to really win anything, but good for them. They got oh, nominations, yeah. no, you know? no,
0: ABBA, yeah. I forgot that was... Mary a good J. Blige is in sure, there
1: as a, yeah. ne- a nominee, yeah, so... Yeah. All
0: right. I do realize I went back, and I'm going to backtrack here, because I put um, my notes in italics of what I think should win. Oh. And I did put for album of the year that Beyoncé should win. Okay, I was going to yeah. say, yeah. Well, I was yeah. like, wait, 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 I was like, let me go back to here. Totally I did think- say... Beyoncé should win. I totally think she should win for yes, that album, for sure. Yes. I um, just think Harry's going to take a lot.
1: So for, uh, I mean, listen. I think
0: yeah. You want to know why? Uh, before we do musical theater album, let's do pop album. Sure, and because this is usually, you know, when um, what is it? The drama dust or the outer Cir- circles critics when those happen before the yep. Tony and they Awards, kind of like hint
1: at what's to come. Yeah. Yes.
0: So usually, what wins pop album? Kind of is predicting what's gonna win yeah. the big titles, and I do think Harry's house is going to win pop album.
1: Yeah. Okay. I not special.
0: I don't think so. Okay. I
1: think it could be special. I don't think it's gonna be Coldplay. I don't think it's gonna be Adele. I don't think it's gonna be Ava. I think it's gonna be between Lizzo and Harry
0: Styles. It will become between Lizzo and Harry yeah. Styles, we'll but see. I do. And think- is Lizzo
1: a Grammy winner yet?
0: Yes. Okay.
1: So yeah. and is Harry a Grammy winner yet? Yes. Okay, so they're all kind of done this already. mm mm-hmm. um, Musical theater album. I'll just read them quick because there's not many. A Mr. Saturday Night, Six live opening night, cast recording. Strange Loop, Into the Woods, Broadway Revival, cast recording. Carolina Change, Broadway Revival, cast recording. MJ, Broadway Musical. What should win, what will win? I have my thoughts. Go.
0: Okay. This is the music industry, so it's kind of predictable. MJ's going to take this award, clearly. I would be shocked if it doesn't, um, but... I do think Strange Loop or Into the Woods should win.
1: I am in 100% agreement with you. It, Strange Loop or Into the Woods should win. MJ will probably win. I think they could go Strange Loop because it's original score and they should. But once again, it's not necessarily musical theater people voting on this. It's and They hear music and right. pop and they think, okay, musical theater, pop. I also think um, they could do a service maybe to an Ode to Sondheim Giving him a, a a a Grammy for an album for a show. I mean, obviously he's passed on, but you know, maybe as an ode to him. Uh, and I also think that Into the Woods revival cast recording is great. Um, but I don't know. I yeah. uh, we'll see. But I think well, they uh, did
0: do the tribute to him last year. Was that true. last year?
1: Yes, I believe they did. Yes. Yeah. So that's
0: true. It could win. Yeah. and Sarah Bareilles is on the studio. Recording. Yeah, and that's so, a pop person too. So you don't know. And I,
1: I think Strange Loop could totally. Take it too. I think that's an. It's really nice to see an original score winning a Grammy award. Yeah. so. Hopefully, we'll see. But yeah, MJ might might take it. I think you know. I don't know. It's like it's like re-recording the music, obviously with other talent. But right. I mean, I don't know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you know
1: that's that's that
0: and that's like the little bit of pop there this we go. week <laughs> we're, we're breezing through we have lots
1: to talk about today we're going to spend a little bit talking about um, well first let's dive into um, the Matilda movie musical came out uh, around the holidays we didn't get a chance to talk about it the last few because so I wanted to spend a couple minutes talking about it we saw it um, obviously you know we grew up with the Matilda movie from the 90s mm-hmm. and of course the book that was around for a long time and now there's a Broadway musical and now there's a movie musical and now like every children's theater in the world is doing Matilda right now and it's so popular and the yeah. kids love it. What were your overall thoughts of this movie, musical, Netflix film?
0: I really did the whole don't go in with any expectations for this because yeah. it was either going to be really great or really bad and I loved it. Mm. I really loved it. I, I would watch it many more times yeah. because I just thought they took the stage production of this and really kind of evolved the storyline and visual to what you know we had to do with the stage and I just thought the kids... Are killing it in this film. I thought the music was amazing and the choreography was just top. The choreography is
1: amazing. The orchestrations were wonderful. I, I have to do a few shout outs here to um, just some of my favorite performances. Um, Alicia Weir was Matilda. She was amazing and captivating at her age. I loved that. Um, Emma Thompson as Trunchbull, normally played by a male actor in the Broadway production, she was just. I mean, I literally don't think there's anything Emma Thompson could do wrong. I think everything <laughs> this woman does, from Saving Mr. Banks to Nanny McPhee to to uh, this, and to also um, uh, Cruella DeVille, and every, or Corella rather, everything she's done, I'm just such a fan. When is she getting a Broadway moment? I don't know. I, I get her know. to a live performance. But she
0: is one of those uh, actors that really transform yeah. into the character yeah. that she's given. She's so. amazing.
1: Um, also, uh, Lashana Lynch as Miss Honey. Out of control, amazing.
0: Stellar. I was
1: captivated, and I always cry at the end of the 90s movie. I, I of course, cried at the end of this. It was just the most. He's gonna cry right now. I'm literally crying (laughs) out thinking about it, so I can't think about it right now. But the ending of this is so wonderfully done in both films. In this film on Broadway, I teared up and cried. There's just something about the way it ends that is just unbelievable.
0: Yeah. Unbelievable. I think he literally was sobbing. I was
1: just like, I need a minute. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's just that did it. But she she really owned that and you felt for her and and beautiful voice. Yeah,
1: just stunning. Stunning.
0: Beautiful. Stunning.
1: So I really enjoyed that. I think kids and families have been enjoying it. I like the access that's on Netflix. It was very successful for Netflix.
0: Did you like the changes that um
1: I liked um the removal of the brother, I was neither here nor there. It kind of actually really showed that these parents didn't want any kids. Yeah. Whereas in the, I think in the book and the original movie, they have one kid and then they have another, and they, so it's all. And he always said he wanted a boy, and he calls her boy, and she's like, I'm a girl, and yeah. you know, I, I, you know, I didn't. I, I did miss Mrs. Wormwood's song mm. that was cut from the movie, and apparently, the rumor is that it was filmed. And that they have footage of it, and that one day they might release it. Yeah. But they, you know, she has this whole number about how she's taking dance lessons with a dance instructor, and she's more caring about her her dance life. And on Broadway, it's called "Loud" the song, and it's a great big production number. It doesn't provide anything to the plot, so, in a way, so I understand maybe why Leslie Margareta did it on Broadway and was fantastic. Um, in that, um, I but, liked yeah, the change. I didn't mind the changes. I, I liked mind.
0: them. I liked that we removed some of the filler. Yeah. And that this was more of a cohesive About, piece yes. of just Matilda and Miss Honey and really having that bond together. Yeah. It was yeah. Nice.
1: And I like the librarian.
0: I just oh, love yeah, those that's moments. A fun moment. I feel like
1: that's not in the a nineties movie i could be wrong but i feel like when she goes to the library she just goes and gets a book and there's no like bond with the librarian mm-hmm. where she and you, i love the story of the escapologist and escapologist and the uh, acrobat and that whole thing yeah. so anyway great. really really good stuff there also moving on cuz of time quick 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 we went to broadway this week and we saw the, I can't believe I'm saying this, the 1990s Broadway revival of Chicago, which is still running 25 years later, I believe. Um, Just to remind you all, if you're not too familiar with this, this is not the original Broadway production of Chicago. That ran in the 70s um, and a decent run, closed, uh, and then a revival production came from when it was on City Center Outdoors, I believe. A very stripped down, simple, it's nothing like the movie. It's a live Mm -hmm. orchestra on stage with everyone wearing all black and telling the story in a smaller venue. Um, And we went... Because Jinx Monsoon, who's behind me if you're watching the video, has matron Mama Morton. She's RuPaul's Drag Race winner. She um, has a huge following. And uh, clearly, because we went on a Sunday night and there was not one empty seat for a show that's been playing for 25 years. It is the longest-running American musical in Broadway history. Um, We know Phantom holds the longest-running musical, period. But that's not an American musical. Um, And... What did we think of Jinx as Matron Mama Morton?
0: I love Jinx. Yeah, Jinx is one of my top queens from RuPaul, uh, from my favorite season of RuPaul. So when I heard that Jinx was doing this, I was like, "We're going! Oh, yeah, we're going!" Yeah. And um, the show, the show was fun. You know, while I was watching it, like the first time I saw Chicago, I was not blown away. Yeah, I said to myself. Oh, the mu- the movie really ruined this for me yeah. about seeing a stripped-down version, campy production of Chicago, which is great. And then while I was sitting now and how, like, my taste of, like, theater and camp and all of that has evolved, I said, oh, you know what? This show, when it first probably hit the stage, I could understand why this has been running so long and why it was successful and why it still is successful and I just, I appreciate it. You know, I do think, though, it just needs, like, a breath of fresh air. It needs yeah. a breath of fresh air with a whole new cast. It needs a breath of fresh air with a coat of paint. Yeah. It needs a breath yeah. of fresh air of, like, just condensing more and giving more room for that fossy choreo. It's like, you find them, and they're on the stage, and they're dancing, and you're like, Oh, okay. They have no space.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think the show, I wonder if it needs the phantom treatment where it closes. They reno the theater a bit. They maybe reopen it in five years with a new direction, a new vision, new costumes, new you know. Because everyone does like the show,
0: but why even close it? Close it for a week and just yeah fix the problem. Well, it's I mean listen, there's people. Uh,
1: Charlotte Dunois, we saw play Roxy. She's been doing it forever. She's actually fantastic. <laughs> she's just so wonderful at what she does, and I, I I was captivated during Roxy. She does that so well. She's been yes. doing it a long time though.
0: Yes, a long and some time. of it doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah. Hey, power to her. She was fantastic, but she's a little too old for the role. I can't believe in that she's having this baby yeah. in the role. And I'm like, oh, you know, I, is that, that ing- ageism? No, life? I'm not
1: thinking being like, I think we, we, you you support all ages of people performing. I mean, um, so Arlo, who plays Mary Sunshine, has been doing the role for 18 of the 25 years. Yeah. Could you imagine? And, and I I love that song. I, I think the opera is so impressive. And I'm like, yeah. wow, you do that eight times a week for 18 years. Like, good for you. Um James T. Lane was... uh The Billy Flynn, he was great. He was a breath of fresh air for me. I thought he was really great in the role. And Jinx was wonderful, and she made us laugh, and she brought the house down, and clearly everyone was there for her. And she's selling tickets. And the producers of the show, you know, it definitely comes down to, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Every six months, the producers find a star to put into one of these tracks. They're like, um, they're stock characters in a way. There's the leading man, there's the supporting man. There's the leading female, there's the supporting female. And you fill with... Actors who can't sing or singers who can't act or dancers who can't act or actors who can't dance. Usually it's always like something,
0: but people go. Yeah, well, it's the stunt a, casting is, like, it just works so it just, well And you, they do it for two
1: or three months. It's not yeah. like they're there for years, and they fill the seats. In the dead of winter, where Broadway right. is hurting the most, that show is pulling in almost close to a million dollars. That yeah. show!
0: And look at how they did that, you know, right before the holidays. They were like, Jinx is going in to yeah. play Mama Morton, right. which she has two songs, really, and it's like, okay, there we go. Yeah, yeah. I, I had one question about this for you. Yes, Because I know we're yep. going to race through this, yep. but, like, who are your dream roles, like, to do a duet thing here as Velma and um, Roxy?
1: Oh. Because um, I
0: came up with one that you're going to be like, yes, like, do like it. Like,
1: possible or roles that you're like, oh, they'll never do it, but I have a
0: dream for it anyway. I think anything is possible. Oh, God.
1: Well, I would have, oh, <laughs> mm, I don't know. I'd have to think about that.
0: Okay. I have one. Okay. Okay. Tell me. Vanessa Hudgens as Velma and Ashley Tisdale oh, as Roxy.
1: Oh, yes. That would get all the millennials How
0: in. amazing would that yeah, be?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I never thought of that.
0: Because, like, what has Ashley Tisdale been doing? Like, yeah. come do a th- show. And Vanessa's done Broadway. Yeah. They would be perfect. We're posting this and make it happen.
1: Uh, I kind of like that idea. Yeah, also, I never even thought of that
0: like that. I have a dream Mama Morton as Kelly Clarkson.
1: Oh, ooh! She'll never do it, but yeah. Why
0: not go in for six weeks and do it? Maybe she's always, she said, she always said, said she Broadway. wanted to do Broadway. Broadway, yeah, she
1: could actually do it. It's not a ton of singing; the role it's only like one and a half. I know, songs, but it's but fun. Yeah, it is fun.
0: She floats in the wings. Yeah, yeah you yeah, know the yeah. whole time. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. Well. Okay. I have to think about that. Maybe in the next episode I'll have some idea. I never even really <laughs> thought of that. That's a great question, though. Um, moving quick as the time, um, one more Broadway news update. The Tony Awards Committee ruled on a bunch of shows, so they met for the first time to rule on something. So just as quick thing, as you know, if it's top billing or if it's billed as opening night credits, it's usually pretty self-explanatory, but not all... Billing is clear, so the committee has to meet to go over things. And um, I thought the biggest decision that they made, one of the big decisions, is that Ohio State Murders will be considered eligible in the best revival of a play category. They're saying this because the play debuted and played enough significant regional and off broadway productions so it would be unusual to go head-to-head with plays making world premieres. They Mm -hmm. voted on that. I'm reading the Playbill article. And it says, because the work has not previously been Tony eligible the win in the revival category if it wins would be shared with the producers and the playwright usually for revival i think just the producers would win the playwright would also share that Tony award if they win best play wins are shared between the works producers and playwright whereas revival wins typically only go to the producers only thoughts on that
0: um my only thought on this is is this always the case with everything it, like if shows have never been on the Broadway stage. But have had
1: regional, yes, they have to rule on it.
0: Okay. Yes.
1: Um, this was something that they're gonna put in revival.
0: I don't think it should be in mm, revival. Yeah. I think it should be in new, new work, work yeah. because Especially since
1: she's making her Broadway debut as a playwright. She's making her yeah. debut. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I never heard of the show. Yeah. Not that, right. that I'm not saying that I know everything, but right. I've if I heard the show getting done over and over and over again, right. great. But like, no, this sounds like a new work. To me, so I don't necessarily agree with that.
1: Yeah. Also, um, that's interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's it's. I hope it wins. Period. Regardless, yeah. but I, you know, I
0: just don't understand why it's a best new play or revival if the show is never on the I stage know, of they, Broadway. They don't always, it's yeah. not a revival. It's like
1: I, I want to say, and it could be wrong, so someone might call me out on this. When Little Shop of Horrors came up to Broadway, finally, I think that was considered revival because it had such a long off-Broadway revival. I never made it to Broadway, but it had a long successful. Off probably run prior. So Pete, this is how they vote. They think it has had track record and then and then is that fair to the new plays that are making world premieres here, I don't know. You know, it's tough. It's tough you got to be fair to a lot well, of Well, you teeter
0: the line cuz yeah. guess what? You have things like Hamilton and Be More Chill and Strange Loop and all of these things that have off-Broadway runs right. and then they come and they're still considered new works. Yeah.
1: Um, pressing because of time, but also the other thing they ruled on was that some, like At Hots, Christian Borle, J. Harrison G. and Adriana Hicks, will all be eligible in the leading category. Hmm. Um, and it, the ruling does not specify whether G., who is non-binary and playing a non-binary role, will be eligible in the leading actor or actress category. It's unclear. Um, which lead, so, And there was a bunch of other rulings, too. I, I don't have time to run through all these, but like Gavin Creel, Josh Henry, Philip Sue, all considering, considered best performance by an actor, actress, in a featured role in musical for Into the Woods. Okay. Um, Victoria Clark will be considered best performance by an actress in a leading role for Kimberly Kimbo, and it goes on and on. Christmas Carol will be considered best play. So there's a lot of things there. But I want to talk a little okay. bit, really, really quick. And Juliet's Justin David Sullivan declines Tony Award eligibility, critiques gendered performance categories. These uh, they um they are a non-binary Broadway performer, playing May in *And Juliet*, and basically the quote from them says, "I was told that I had to choose the category in which I felt comfortable, and in that process, I struggled a lot. There's nothing more that I want to empower than non-binary people to show that it's possible to be non-binary in Broadway." play a non-binary character on Broadway and be nominated and possibly potentially awarded. I felt like I couldn't choose. I didn't feel right being in either category because it didn't resonate with me. I decided the only thing that felt right to me would be to abstain from nomination consideration so I will not be considered for a Tony nomination. Mm-hmm. To me, I look at it and I'm like, if you have a seat, and the Tonys are now like, what? I guess, but it's like, if you have a season with multiple people as a non-binary, the way I look at it is like, why can't you have leading performer in a show have like 10 or 12 people nominated in that category
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then choose two or three. Yeah. And maybe one year it'll be three females that win. And one year it'll be three males that win. Maybe it'll be a non-binary and a female. Like it doesn't matter what the gender of the person, it should be three people are going to win and you're going to nominate like 12 people and then do it for featured. And yeah. then do, you know, I don't know. I think that maybe, and maybe this is commentary on the Oscars too and stuff, but for someone to be playing a role and say, Oh, I can't choose. So I'm not, I'm going to have to pull myself out. That's not fair. Yeah. You know, yeah. What are your thoughts are
0: on that? I think the Tonys kind of need just the award categories in general. It's been the same for so long, and it just needs some revamping. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Look at how they do it with the Grammys. It's the work, you know. It's the work. It's not... The record of the year. There's They don't do male job.
1: singer and female right. singer record or things like that. So that's why when it comes to the Academy Awards and the Golden Globes and even the Tonys yeah. and the Emmys, they may need to... You know, I think there's going to be some change. I do.
0: Yeah. It'll be interesting to but see. But not only that... There was something that I saw too, and I don't know if you saw this, but the... Tony Award voters don't yes. need to see every play and Music They're allowed
1: play. to have not seen one or something like that in the category, and they're able to still vote. And apparently that's only for this year, and I wonder if it's because there were so many new things scattered and opened and closed quickly, and there was not enough time to see so many things that maybe... I'm not justifying it. I'm just saying maybe that's why. Well, guess However, what? We're
0: seeing everything. Yeah, we are. We literally <laughs>
1: have so far seen almost everything that's written. But I, I, the way I look at it is like... How do you judge, though? I, well, it's or like vote? it's like saying, I'm going to vote on the Oscars, but I didn't see the movie. I, it doesn't make sense. It's like, I'm going to vote on an album of the year, but I didn't listen to the album. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. So you're going to say, I didn't see it. What are you basing your opinion on? The album? The no. video clips? Sorry, the, being a
0: voter on this is a job. To go. You have to see everything. And so now
1: there's a chance that you could be voting and you didn't see everything, and your vote's still going to count. I don't know how I feel about that. And I don't. I, I understand things close quick, but guess what? When something opens, maybe the Tony committee should be making sure they get every voter to the few previews or opening night. Everything opens. How it many- didn't last some things didn't last so maybe there was if you're using the excuse oh well they couldn't get there because the show closed no 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 there was previews and there was an opening night
0: Yeah, get your Tony like voters that. there I don't know yeah I don't know if I, I mean how many Tony voters are there I don't know exactly maybe well, we'll quite look, a few actually we'll look that up okay. yeah. well,
1: alright I'm sorry we're wrapping up we have so much to talk about today um, pop music drop pop or flop let's hear it go
0: we can breathe here, ready? <laughs> I know, I know. It's like Okay, so we'll just go through a couple of these and if we have time we'll do them all. But pop music drop, we'll start with Ray, worth it.
1: Bop, love it. Love the jazzy intro. Really love so her. Good. Love it.
0: Uh Loon Leopard, do you really? And that's featuring Ruth B.
1: Uh yes. Great vibes, Bop for sure.
0: Great. Ellie Golding like a savior.
1: Cusp, not sure how I feel about it. We'll see. I'll listen to it a little bit
0: more. Mm-hmm. Caroline Polachek, Blood and Butter.
1: Boring flop. Sorry, not into it.
0: Oh my
1: God. I'm not into it. I was very bored <laughs> listening to this. Sorry.
0: You have to dive into her a little bit more yeah, to understand no. her. But okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, next, we have Chrissy, I'm So Hot.
1: So Britney Spears of this song. <laughs> yes, it's bop. It's like, yes, I
0: love it. I love it's it. my favorite bimbo music. I love it. <laughs> it. It literally, on my friend Jeff was like, um, look at the recording symbol thing at the bottom and it says bimbo ink and oh. i'm obsessed. Oh really? I'm okay. Obsessed, so that word is it. used
1: with it. okay, great.
0: <laughs> and last but not least, we have Emmy Scatterbrain.
1: Mm, I'm a little on the fence about this one I gotta see. It's okay. It's like Ellie's song. Huh. I'm not saying I hate it. So
0: yes. What, and there's Richie's okay, um choice. Honest.
1: I'm being <laughs> honest.
0: Richie's choices on pop music. You for- know
1: all these <laughs> listeners know how I feel about pop. Uh, and Broadway. So we're giving our opinions we mm-hmm. here. So, oh my gosh. Wow. We're really out of time. We were rolling through so much today. I'm sorry. We talked so fast. We got through so much. There's so much to see and listen to right now, you know, and there's more to come. There's more to yes, come every it's week. It's so
0: hard picking too. Like what we it want is. to actually talk about sometimes because there's so much and we love it, love you it. know?
1: Well, thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Um, please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify or Apple Music. Leave us a review if you love what you heard today. We also want you to join our conversation, engage with us. Head mm-hmm. over to our Instagram and TikTok at Half Hour Podcast. Comment on the latest post about this podcast episode. We love to hear from you. Yes. So, signing off for today, we're going to get ready. We got more stuff coming every Friday. Don't forget, every Friday, pop, mm-hmm. theater, combo of all the things we're seeing and listening to. Mm-hmm. So, signing off for now. Until next time, I'm Richie. And I'm Jeff. Saying ta ta. Bye.